Hey everyone, Chris here. What's that? Chris is actually releasing an episode a month? Yeah, yeah, we got one for you guys. This episode series started with a prompt. Were you a head case or over-obsessed with running in college? Do you have a healthy relationship with it now? Let's chat about it. For episode two of our series, I'm joined by Josh Behoniak. Josh brings us a great story of what can happen with just plain old hard work and consistency. But the story does not come without some challenges. In this episode, Josh talks us through his growth as a runner, digging into the highs and lows of his experience. He speaks about finding himself crossing the line into obsession during the beginning of the pandemic, moving his life to a city hours away, and finally his journey into the marathon. We're just scratching the surface here with Josh as he has some exciting goals coming over the next year. Um, but yeah, we'll let him talk about that. Anyways, on to the show. Welcome to the Beers and Miles podcast. We talk about beers, miles, and whatever else we can manage to jump off topic with. My name is Chris, and I've actually been able to say the intro for once, uh, even though I haven't been on for a while. while. Uh, but yeah, my name is Chris, and I'm happy to be back. It's been a while. I think it's been about a month since I've done the last recording. Uh, but yeah, so we're going to start this podcast off like we usually do, and we're going to start off by drinking a beer. Uh, the beer we're drinking today is Morpho Scales. It's a blueberry sour ale aged in blueberry pork wine barrels by Speciation Arson Ales. Uh, Witty came out, Witty and the Witty, Dietrich, and you know, the Albion boys came out for uh, Memorial Day, and they left beers in my fridge. So uh, if you're listening to this, Witty, uh, we thank you. Uh, we, because I am not alone here, I am joined by um, a guest that I will be introducing quite a bit, in, or a little bit. So here's some beer here. Um, I am, oh, hear that sound of the beer pour. <laughs> um, as with every podcast that we do, um, if you like the podcast, like, share, subscribe, share it with your friends, share it with your mom, share it with your dog, share it with your enemies, you know, uh, just do the whole thing. Uh, if you have any questions, send it out to beersandmiles.gmail.com. If you have any hate messages, um, keep those to yourself, please. Um, leave some uh, nice comments on iTunes. I'll leave some five stars on Spotify. That's a thing now. Uh, but other than that, let's kick this off and let's try out the spear. Cheers, real quick. All righty. That's pretty good. Thanks, Woody. Um, like I said, I'm not joined here alone. I am here with another gentleman here. This is the first time I've actually recorded an in-person podcast from my apartment. Uh, so it sounds like shit. Um, again, keep that to yourself. Um, I am joined today uh, by a good friend of mine. Um, it's Josh Bohoniak. Is that yeah. how you pronounce it? Yeah. 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 First try. Uh, awesome. Uh, he hails from Buffalo State. Um, crazy enough, Buffalo State's mascot is not the Buffaloes. Uh, what, what's the? The Bengals. The, Buff State Bengals. Buff State Bengals. Um, but uh, sorry, Buffalo. He now resides here in Columbus, Ohio, and we're happy to have him. So um, he was one of the ones that responded with our our prompt about a month or two ago about have you ever been obsessed with running um if uh, or do you have a better relationship with it now and do the whole thing now so um just as we did with tj want to kick it off here and uh with kind of your story how'd you get involved in a running are you from new york by the way um yeah so i i grew up in new york moved around rochester uh small town called Norwich and then ended up in Buffalo. Um, but get into how I got into running. Um, so really I was kind of forced into it when we moved to Buffalo. I, uh, was in seventh grade and was originally playing soccer and basketball. It was a super shy kid. Didn't do anything in seventh grade, 
Um, and my parents were like, you got to do something. They're like, just try out for something. So eighth grade, I went to try out for basketball. Um, being in a bigger public school, coming from a private school, I didn't realize I had to have a whole nurse physical situation to try out. So they didn't even let me do that. So my parents were like, all right, you're going to run track in the spring. I absolutely did not want to do it. I fought against <laughs> it with my entire being, but they're like, nope, you're doing it. And I'm like, fine. Uh, first day though, I come home and it was probably one of the most fun days I've ever had. And, um, I've been running ever since ran. Don't remember your first day? Uh, for the most part. Yeah. It was a lot of kids, a lot of coaches. It was like all the middle schools in the area together. And they had us kind of just pick what event group we wanted to go with. And I didn't want to jump and I knew I wasn't super quick. So I was like, I'll just try distance. And that first day, I think they only had us run 10 to 15 minutes, but it was, it was good. I liked it and still doing it. <laughs> it's funny that you don't think about, uh, most kids don't willingly go to the distances. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If they haven't had any history with it, it's like, oh, well, oh, let's go, let's go run around for 15 minutes and see how that goes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm still surprised that I picked it. Um, I might even be misremembering it. I might've tried to go sprints and they told me like, mm, maybe not, <laughs> but either way I ended up in distance and I, that was obviously the right spot for me. So, so from there, how how quickly did you just i mean you got into it from the day from day one but at what point did you like you know what i want to continue to do this um so honestly i was, was pretty bad in eighth grade did the 800 terrified of the mile um was not quick but got into high school and again for whatever reason my dad was like oh hey they have cross country like you should do that and i was like sure you know, it's 5k, never ran more than 800. Um, but I decided to do it anyway. And again, just loved it, loved competing on the grass, like just that different environment and, um, just the competitive side of it. And I totally forgot about this, but I was talking with my mom the other day and she reminded me that I guess in eighth grade, I talked about how I wanted to be really good at running and how one day I was going to be competitive at it. And, uh, she admitted that her and my dad were like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> they didn't tell that to me, but they're like, he's not good. I don't know about that. Um, she admitted uh, that she was, she should have given it more time. <laughs> uh, did you pick it up pretty quickly once you got into high school then? Skill wise? No, no, I was not good freshman year. Um, really at all. I broke, I did break six minutes in the, in the 1600 by the end. I think it was my last meet of outdoor um and that was pretty exciting for me because i was stuck at like 6-0 for a while um but i did progress through high school especially after sophomore year that's kind of when i decided i wanted to actually train and take it a little bit more seriously um and by the end of high school i did get down to like a 504 505 which for me at the time was pretty big yeah pushing at that five minute barrier um but yeah, I was like a 505, 11, 20, 18, 19 minute guy. Yeah. So that's super interesting because like there's very few people that I've met that are not like training with that have come out of high school with actually slower PRs than I had. Yeah. So like this is the reason why like I really wanted to get you on is like your and not I'm not I'm not gonna bury the lead here, but like your progression in the sport has been like incredibly impressive and it's something Thank that you. like 
as I started running with some of the guys here, I'm like, did you guys notice that this is happening? I, I know I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit as we go on where, where the moment I was like, what the heck's going on here? <laughs> um, but I mean, even like for five flat, 19 flat and like 11 minutes, like college running is not something that's typically like thought for people that are like running around the same like those times. So like, right. where did college come into a thing and how did he even get to start running in college? So I actually originally went to the University of Buffalo for my first year. That's a D1 school. Um, was obviously nowhere near the times for that, but they did have a club team. So I started running with them because I just, I enjoyed running, wanted to keep doing it. Transferred out of there after my freshman year, found a local club called Checkers. Um, started running with them every week uh, through community college. And then eventually wound up at Buffalo State, which is Division Three, um, in the fall of 2017. And actually got kind of lucky there um, in the sense that I met someone who's on the team already. And by that time, I'd gotten my 5K down to like 1750 on the road. So a little bit more respectable, um, at least in terms of like having a chance. So we'll pause that for a second. Yeah. Because I want to back up. Because I was going to ask you about checkers, okay. checkers AC. Because I started seeing some of the uh, some of the races coming up that just said checkers AC after college. But describe the time period <clears throat> post club, and you now run post club at, at UB to running like at running for checkers and like how did what is checkers? How did that come? Like how did you find that team? And like how did you stay motivated when you're not like on like i guess when you're not part of a quote-unquote like college team so yeah that's a good question um so at the time i was working at a just a breakfast restaurant in the area and a couple of the people who worked there also were were runners and so when i was looking at transferring out of ub um i knew i couldn't really keep running with that club team so someone who i worked with was actually like oh hey like I see checkers singlets all the time, like at local races, and they always seem to be towards the front of the pack. So like you should look at running with that club team. So I Googled them and looked at how to join and really just show up. Like the first time they have like an organized workout, they did workouts like every Tuesday. Yeah. Um, so I just showed up first one they had, and I think it was like April and uh, just started running with them. It was a good group, a lot of different paces and, um, so I was able to find a group to train with and, and that is really what helped keep me motivated because I'd never at that point, never not had a team to run with. So just having at least a weekly group to go and get a workout in is, is something that really helped keep me in the sport at the time. Awesome. Well, I guess we fast forward back and, uh, you're now at, um, Buffalo state. So. Yes. Yes. So I'm now at Buff state. Um, happened to meet someone who's already on the team, like on Twitter. And he saw some of my times I'd run, like I said, I gotten down to 17, like 50. And he's like, Hey, if you're interested in joining the team, like I'll introduce you to the coaches. So he brought me in and, and they asked me about my times and they're like, you know, like we, we could probably use you on the team. Um, we'd love to have you uh, at least try it out. Um, they wanted me to initially, join the cross country team like mid season, but I, I did not feel comfortable doing that. I didn't feel like I was in, in the right spot to do that. So I was like, you know, I'll join during track. Uh, and so spring semester, I joined the track team and absolutely got my butt walloped 
in workouts and in races. I mean, workouts were just crushing me. Um, races, I was dead last. Uh, I think just about every single race. Um, didn't PR in anything. Was always just exhausted. And kind of towards the end of that season, was like, I don't know if this is for me. Like, I don't know if I'm ever going to be competitive. But um, the coach at the time was like, just she was very um, supportive. She saw my work ethic um, and was like, you know, stick with it. Like, just get through this season and, and things will start to click. Like, I, I can see it. And so I said, okay, I'll stick with it. I'll, I'll give it at least a cross-country season, train through the summer. And um, come that fall 2018, cross-country, I started to actually see some, some improvement at the time. Awesome. awesome. <clears throat> so, like... I, I remember from my side, like coming in to a team that's been like, when you're in college, when you get to college, there's always guys that like, they're used to running pretty, like they're probably, at a D3 level, there's a lot of guys that are on the team that they were maybe they're three or four guy. Right. And he's like, oh, you're just used to running really fast all the time. Like, yeah. how is that kind of dynamic? And how was the team dynamic at Buffalo State? Uh, when I initially joined, it was a little chaotic in the sense that it just, Felt a little disjointed, um, especially on the track team between distance runners and sprinters, and it's just kind of a little all over the place at the time. Um, but I'm I'm pretty coachable and malleable, um, and tend to have a pretty good attitude about things. So like I was there for a couple of years, and um, myself and a couple of our teammates like we really helped to kind of redevelop the distance program in the sense of just the focus um, and commitment to the team. Um, we were never stellar or super competitive, um, but I do remember my last cross season in 2019, we did finish, I think, seventh at our conference, which was like our best finish in seven years. So we were pretty proud of that. And, I mean, even looking at just the – because you, you finished your last cross country season would have been 2019. The development from when you started or coming out of even high school as, I mean, 19-minute guy, coming into college as a 17.55 5K guy, you finished up with an AKPR 27.46, which yeah. is about a little, bit, a little bit slower than 5.30, about 5.34. 533. Something like that. Yeah. So if you look at it, 533s, that's 16.30 for three miles, 16.39 for three miles, add about whatever, 40 seconds of that. Yeah. Uh, you're running faster for 8K than you did for your 5K PR coming in. Yeah. And like that had to be absolutely exciting to just be able to like see that growth in such a quick amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. Over it, it was. Um, like I said, I, I just have a, a, a level of um, competitiveness and, and almost borderline obsession with the sport. Um, and I, at the time, I had a really great coach who, who did push me and when helped me accomplish things in training that where I would have given up thinking like, this is too hard, I can't do it. She said she, she was always there to push me. Um, and she really helped build my mileage at the time to the point where by the end of that cross season, I was running 70 miles a week pretty consistently, 
Whereas coming in just two years earlier, I was doing like 40 miles a week. Hmm. Um, so I had a pretty healthy two years there, really didn't get injured. Um, and that was a big component to my progression as well. So from looking at the entirety of the T-verse, um, as essentially a mid-pack guy, I mean, 58-verse at Sunyak, um, and then about like in the hundreds for like hundred mid mid 150, 160 for like that the regional meet. At what like what kept you going as far as like motivation? Because like typically you'll see like the guys, some of the guys we run with, where it's like they'll come in, they're like, Well, fuck, I was making so close to making nationals, like I want to I just want to chase it, I want to chase it. But like <clears throat> it, it's as far as somebody that was mid pack and knows like that front of the pack wasn't there like what kept you what kept you excited about it um honestly just the the um process of it all is something that i really love gives me something to kind of focus on every day and and i could also tell i had a lot left on the table like just the growth i saw in those two years i'm like this is the first time i'm doing any kind of really focused training like in high school my coach was he was good, but his, his focus was really just on getting us to enjoy the sport, which yeah. I really appreciated. So my he, he trained us well, but it wasn't anything crazy. And then in college was the first time I actually did really focused training and really started to build my mileage. And I could tell that I was like, if I keep increasing this, uh, I, I think I have a lot more in in the sport and I think I can really drop my times. And um and I, I think I'm, I'm showing myself that even, even beyond what I thought there was, I remember there was a point where I was like, oh, if I could run like 1620 in a 5k, like I'll be really happy with that. And now I'm at a point where I'm like, I just, I can break 16. I just yeah. got to do it. So. Yeah. Which is really exciting. And then there's something to be said about, um, <clears throat> about the importance from a coaching perspective of having your athletes enjoy the sport. Um, because just as, and it's also pretty refreshing to hear that from your perspective there, because like too often we see people that ran in college, they're just completely burnt out. They're just like, and, and to be able to have that foundation of your running career be, hey, let's, let's enjoy it, have fun no matter where we're at and continue to see the growth as far as yourself, as opposed to that being like, a, I have all this pressure on me that's really for the most part, for everybody, it doesn't matter if you're the first or the last kind of race, like it's not really matter that much. It's exactly. Just, it's just yeah. a race. Um, but let's transition a little bit into your relationship with running as you started getting better at it. It was there a point where like enjoyment and fascination and the growth became an obsession. Yes. And at what point did it become a detriment in that relationship? Oh, I pinpointed it exactly. So, <laughs> After that 2019 cross country season, um, we had the Buffalo Turkey Trot, other than the marathon is like the biggest race uh, in the city. It brings out like all the top competition. So I usually ended my year just kind of cruising through Turkey Trot. And, and that year I went and um, ran 26.20. I mean, it was like over a minute PB. I placed, I think 18th or 19th in the race. So that was like a really big jump for me to a point where I was like, okay, I, I'm somewhat competitive now. And so I decided going into 2020 that I was going to really 
train and, and I got into volunteer coaching at Buff State. Um, so I was like, I can keep training with the team and, and go enter these track meets and stuff. And at the start of the year, I did kind of a little indoor season, got my 5K down to 1621, my 3K down to 931. Um, so again, really big jumps. And then COVID hit, shut everything down. But at that point, I was seeing such great progress and I was running 70 to 80 miles a week, week after week, that I felt like I had to just keep doing that to yeah. keep my fitness up. So for the whole rest of the year, um, even without races, I did some time trials throughout the year, a couple of halves and stuff, but I just ran like 80, 90 miles a week, almost every week for the rest of the year and had some time trials, PR'd in the mile, PR'd in the half. So it was a good year, but by the end of that year, I was, I was mentally drained. I was physically drained and it took about a year and a half, two years before I was like fully healthy physically, mentally. And was like at a spot where I was really enjoying it again and wanted to like train seriously again. That's, I think you're the first person that I've talked to. And it's something that I've, I'd been meaning to do when we were in peak pandemic time or like coming out, just coming into like the like post pandemic time period to talk to people that were, that found that obsession or found that growth within that 2020 season, because I don't think it's very much that we see the after effects, but like we typically see with the college kids, but like I saw so many people joining Strava during that time period. I saw so many people just like hammering it out. So like at, 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 I feel like, at a certain point, like, did just the thing just get tired? Because I, because I, I think we all thought it's gonna be over in a couple months, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. So did it? So at what point did it become the burnout mentally? Was it more of just like this isn't good, <laughs> or is it just like the accumulation of eighty to ninety miles a week of just on and on and on? Was that? It was a little bit of both. I, I remember a specific day. I was out for a run. It was June or July, and it just hit me. I, I felt almost trapped in the sport where I was like, and and this is definitely me kind of like end of the world mentality um, yeah. that I typically have, where I was like, I'm going to have to run 80 miles a week every week for the rest of my life until I die uh, if I want to keep improving. And that felt like this horrible black hole. And I was like, I don't know that I want to do that, but I did it for that year anyway, because I was just seeing such good improvement. I was like, I want to keep keep this improvement going. Um, but then as COVID kept going and races weren't coming back, I did um, my second half marathon time trial in late October, um, ran like 73 high at the time, which was a, a big PB. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to take some time off. And it took me months to even get back to any kind of like regular running and even then i look back on it i was not in it mentally for a while after that it was just physical burnout mental burnout um got covid in 2021 in march and that set things back quite a bit it was it was a mess for a while uh as well as just finding that balance between like training really hard and also like realizing like this isn't my life uh i'm not making my my living off of this like this is just a hobby and if i'm not enjoying it it's not worth doing so so what were the steps that you took to 
I mean, you have that realization, but there's talk and then it's putting into practice. Like what were the things that you did for yourself, both from a training standpoint and for an emotional standpoint to make sure that you continued that and you didn't get set back into a 2020 kind of mindset. Um, part of it specifically with training was I'd gotten really caught up with hitting certain mileage every single day, every week, um, getting caught up in, I need to go out and run 10 miles or 11 miles or whatever it is. Um, so honestly, what really helped is just changing from mileage running to time-based running to where I'm, I'm just going to go out and run for an hour and it doesn't matter how long I run for. Um, that, that alone was a big mental change to where I was way less focused on what numbers I was hitting and just going out and enjoying the run. Um, as well as being not as hard on myself about missing a run here and there or backing off. if I was not feeling it, uh, as well as just trying to find more time to run with people, um, rather than just running by myself all the time, which I was, uh, something I got caught up in, in 2020, which is everything was on my, on my own. So now we go into, and, uh, I think we should <clears throat> transit, make the transition with the new beer here. Yeah. So let me finish this up. Again, we say thank you, Witty, for the fantastic beer you left in my fridge. Yes, thank you, sir. It's very good. <laughs> if you are mad about it, um, I've given you enough beer over the last couple of years. Uh, been tough for it. The next beer we're going to be drinking is the last one that I have for this one. It's called From Maine With Love. For Maine with Love is from Allagash Brewing Company out of Portland, Maine. Um, they do this number 25. So it's about a, ver a variety of different things that they do here. Um, so this is a tart wheat beer aged on raspberries and blueberries. It's 5.3% uh, ABV. So wheat beer aged with second use raspberries and blueberries. So I'm pretty sure what they did was they used the blueberries and raspberries that they have uh, for some of their... Uh, their higher end sours that are in bottles, and then they actually use a wheat beer over it. It's a little bit more, uh, a little bit lighter. Um, I love this this series. I've had a couple of them before. Uh, so resulting in a tart, very filled, multi-layered, and deliciously balanced beer. So let's try this out real quick here. Oh, it's a nice little ruby red here. Ooh. And uh, let's Good pour color. this up real quick. Yeah. Turn the glass, and yeah, and it's Good. nice and light too, so. Um, Let's pour the rest here, and we're good to go. So this is pretty cool, too. So I love Allagash. If you're not a beer fan, I would. Um, I mean, I don't know why you're listening. I get the running stuff. But uh, <laughs> as, as far as, like, a little bit of history, Allagash was, like, one of the big um, big OGs in craft beer. Um, they're just an incredible brewery. Um, Allagash White is their, their uh, white ale that I just absolutely love. I know it's just like I found everywhere in, in the Northeast, but I love that beer. But this is like, they do a lot of stuff. Like they gave me one of their, it's uh, um, a Pink Boot Society beers. So they do a lot of things that give back to the community. Nice. So this one's like positive change takes teamwork. That's why we donate 1% of our revenue and collaborate with local nonprofits to multiply our efforts. So anytime you enjoy our beer, you're helping us make a community a better place. They're one of my favorite breweries in the world. Um, I always play, I, whenever, every time I run Boston, I always make sure that I go up there and, and hang out with some people out there. Uh, at this point, I've gone there long enough that some of them still remember me from a year past, so it's pretty great. Yeah, uh, that's <clears throat> so let's try this out. Cheers. So 
some much more nuance than the other one. Yeah. 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 Now, not, not bitter and sour. This is, I absolutely love this beer. Um, so times are changing. You're no longer in Buffalo. How'd you end up in Columbus, sir? Um, so I currently, uh, I work as a, a marketing rep for UFOS, uh, which is what brought me here to Columbus. At the time that I got the job, I was figuring out what the hell I wanted to do with my life. I was working two or three jobs. I was going back to school for math education um, and had only recently learned about field marketing reps or tech reps uh, even being a thing. So I started looking into it and, and stumbled across the UFOS ad and figured why not and happened to get the job. And they, they said, you're going to Columbus. And I said, okay. Never been here, but I'll do it. So, For people that don't know what Ufos is, what is Ufos? Uh, it's recovery footwear. You'll find it. It's like sandals, shoes in a lot of rowing stores, Fleet Feet, CRC for local Columbus <laughs> runners. But yeah. No, I've, I've been wearing Ufos uh, for the last, uh, I think, three years at this point. Nice. Uh, so I have the sandals. I have the, I had the, uh, is it the clog the slides? Yeah. Uh, but funny story about that. Uh, at Boston 2021, I brought my slides with me, uh, and I was walking around my slides at the at the track house, and a guy that I know from Instagram, he came. He like destroyed either his Achilles or his just he could barely walk, and he was still in his vapor flies, and he just was like. I was like, I literally took the shoes off my feet and I was like, I can walk fine. Take them, give it back to me tomorrow or whatever. If he's buying me, I, I didn't get a chance to see him. So now he has a pair of my Ufo slides and those so sad, but yeah, that does, uh, he was, I, I've never seen somebody so relieved to be off of their racing shoes. It's yeah. Bad. So, <laughs> um, I hope you got a lot of use of them. They're, they're, they're I missed them. <laughs> I missed them significantly uh, or I missed them a lot. Um, but transitioning <clears throat> and it's, it's something that I, I think I've mentioned a couple times on the podcast before. Um, and it's something that I've also said as a piece of advice for people, it's not easy to make a big change, whether you're moving from like over to like a city an hour away, or in this case, six hours away to just get back into a routine. How was it for you to go from Buffalo, New York to Columbus, Ohio, six hours away, completely transitioning everything and getting back? Where did running fit in that? And how did you find your way within Columbus? Yeah, so uh, it was a pretty big move for me. Um, it was the first time being away from home. I mean, obviously, I went to college locally and really had never lived outside of Buffalo, had never lived on my own, especially. So being in a new city, uh, I didn't know anyone living on my own for the first time. Running was the only constant. So that's where it was. It was, it was a little bit of a crutch in that it was like the one thing that didn't change. But in regards to finding kind of my place, it was, it was hard last year because of how much traveling I do for work. It was hard to kind of like meet people. Um, but fortunately, I did learn about like the CRC run groups and the fact that there's a group at the Short North store every Saturday, right around the corner from where I live. Um, I started running 
with that group and was able to kind of start meeting people through them and eventually met, I think, you through that group as well. Um, so that's kind of what gave me my footing in the city. And then it's ever since then, I've just been meeting more and more people. So now I feel like I have a, a good community yeah. around here. <laughs> I would I would say the same. Yeah. <laughs> uh, during that time period, though, you, you experienced a significant PR because you were a 2740 guy. Yes. When you came to Oak, your PR was 26 something. <laughs> when yeah. did this happen? Because <laughs> it's like, you don't just like drop a full minute. So there had to be like, because there's, there's movement from being a 1750 guy to, to, to being a 27 guy and cross, but like 26 is, is now, okay. Now you're, you're moving in there. You're moving in there as far as the D3 standpoint, like you're moving more into that chase pack staff. Yeah. Status. Well, that, so that 26 time came actually at the end of 2019. Um, but early last year in April, I did see some pretty big PRs on the track where really in my, that training block, I had mostly just done mileage, only did a handful of workouts from like January through April, but got my 5k and 10k down to 1611 and 3303 on the track. And I said, um, like, okay, I'm, I'm, I can really do something here because I really only did a handful of tempo-paced work <clears> and then everything else was just easy running. Um, and then that's when I got into my first marathon cycle. And that's where I really started to see jumps in fitness. Where did the idea to run a marathon come from? Well, I years ago, I was like, I'll probably run a marathon at some point, but I knew I wanted to wait until I really wanted to do it. And when I decided I wanted to do it was two years ago when I was still in Buffalo, I had a group of friends um, who were all training to try and qualify for Boston together. And they were going to try and do it at the Buffalo Marathon, um, where at the time I was training for the half marathon. So I was kind of occasionally training with them as well and kind of just watching their work ethic um, and their camaraderie and training, getting ready for, for that hyped me up quite a bit. And I was like, I, I think I'm ready to take on a marathon. So I decided then that I wanted to do it, but I still wanted to put it off till fall 22. Cause I wanted to give myself enough time to get ready for it and train for it. So I, at the, it was like a year and a half from when I decided to do it to when I actually ran a marathon. Describe, so let you have a drink here. Um, Describe a little bit about, wait, so your first marathon wouldn't have been Chicago, was it? I didn't run in Chicago. Okay. You, you, I was just working. I, I, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but you, no, Columbus. Columbus. So Columbus yeah. was your first marathon? Yeah. First one ever. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh my God. So, um, the reason why I'm, I'm, I'm cackling because he's going to tell you exactly what you ran, but like, I got, I, I have to be remiss if I don't remind, uh, the listeners at home. Um, that this guy came in to hit to uh Buffalo State with a 1750 5k PR, uh, and a 2750 or 2746 AK PR. So, coming into Columbus, your first marathon, as well as I guess where where you ended up finishing. Um, how was 
like did you ha- like i mean i figured you already had an idea like okay i'm in this kind of fitness but like this is so this i mean the 26 minute AK is a, is a is a is a data point there but like to extrapolate that for a marathon like i know from like where my growth like it's it's still a bit terrifying to be like i think i could run this and it's like completely out of like what you would what people would think is your wheel yeah your, 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 your wheels so how did it feel for you <laughs> yeah so when i decided to, to do a marathon and set a goal for it um i'm someone who i i lo- the longer the race the better i perform better um the longer it is and so i was like okay i i kind of I thought about it. I looked at what other people were running and I thought about, okay, what would I feel good with? And I set a goal of sub 240. I'm like, if I can run under 240 for my first marathon, I'm like, that'll be, that'll be really big. And to be totally honest, I was like, a marathon's a marathon. Like the farthest I've ever done is a half and that hurt a lot. So to double that, like, I don't know. I'm like, at the end of the day, if I can just break three hours and finish, like, I think I'll still be happy with it. Um, but I had a friend help coach me for my for that build, and training went really, really well. I stayed healthy. I was really dedicated. Um, I did an 18-week build um, to give myself time to really get up in mileage, and um, ultimately ran 237.01. Just missed <laughs> cracking that, being a 236 guy. But uh, I was really happy with that. I exceeded my own expectations, even, to be honest. I thought yeah. maybe I could do 238, 239, um, 237, like, flat. So. You fucker, you have a fan. <laughs> your, your debut's faster than mine. What was your debut? Uh, 241 at Erie. Yeah, right. And then uh, <laughs> second one was Boston at 234 high. It might have been 40 or 50. So, yeah. You're right now. You're, you're, you're yeah. like, all right. I'm tracking ahead. Oh, like yeah, yeah. I'm very <laughs> there. Uh, uh, yeah. I, it's uh, like it has been really cool to see that. And I guess coming off of that, I mean, two thirty-seven is. I mean, at that point, like I don't. I don't. I really don't care who you are. Like a two thirty-seven marathon is pretty. It's a pretty good time. Yeah. Like, like you're you're gonna be like. I've seen guys blow up. I've seen guys like if you're in the two thirties, hey, awesome. Like you're you're as far as you're like no matter where you're in your community, you're probably one of the faster guys. Yeah. It's like now you've 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 actualized that. Like now your your level of competitiveness has improved. <laughs> or like it's you've hit a new level there. So coming out of that, how do you feel? Um I felt like I felt like I jumped a level um, in running and it was kind of like, all right, I feel like I can do almost anything. (laughs) Uh, I will say that that race was brutal. I came through halfway at like 77 high. So I was on pace for like 235 high Yeah, and got through 21, 22 miles, still feeling pretty good. And then that last 5K, 6K was a fight for survival my hamstrings the whole time felt like they were gonna just not Once you go through goodell it's not fun yeah that was no. my slowest mile when i went on top of goodell and buttles that was i think around a 555 high and it was not pretty it was it was tough the amount of times where i was like i might just walk yeah. it was too many <laughs> but even even without that i was like all right if if i can do that my first marathon i think i think there's a lot left 
to be had here. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I expected a jump in fitness after my first marathon build, but I mean, I don't want to jump too far ahead here. Everybody got planned, but, uh, I, I will say that I, I saw an even greater jump than I could have expected coming into 2023. So <clears throat> I would be remiss if I didn't mention and, and just, I guess, reemphasize the amount of travel that you do. Um, and it, it is a callback to the comment that I made earlier. There was a moment this past year, and I think we can, we can, there's not too much, well, we'll talk about challenges, whatever happened to the build, if anything that did happen there. But like, again, I'd be remiss if I didn't reemphasize that your job involves a lot of travel. Yes. Um, and as, 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 a, as rep for UFOs, I see you in multiple states within a month, within a week. Yeah. Uh, so there was a point in the middle of, I think it might've been, might've been March. February or March. Those yeah. were crazy months. So, well, for me, I, I remember it might've been, it might've been right before project 13.1. Probably. And I had just. Like I, we've run together before, we've run multiple CRC runs, CRC elite runs. Yeah, uh, we've done multiple like long runs together. Uh, and you had already mentioned your your thought of wanting to win Buffalo. Um, I didn't realize just how much mileage you were doing. Yeah. Until about probably March. So again, I want to reemphasize that this man travels multiple states within a week. The week of March 20th, we're going to start from there. Okay. 100, 100 mile, 100 mile, 100.5. That, that was the week of Project 13. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was that week. Uh, so he traveled to New York during that time. Um, uh, March 27th, 94.8, 102, 107, down week of 91, 112, 91, 90, 80, 68 and that would have been right, race week race week yeah um you were averaging at least 95 to 105 miles a week for the entirety of this winter we had a mild winter but it wasn't a completely mild winter we had some days we had some snow on the ground but like it was cold for the majority of it um and i i do want to do want to take that the, the moment to be able to just say like it, it was something that I talked to Dietrich and, and Witty about, and like, you don't peacock, and it's really cool to like, you silently were running ninety five to one hundred and five miles a week, and I don't think any of us in our in, in the group with like within the Columbus group, I don't think any of us kind of made that realization. It was just kind of just there. It's like, oh, he's going running. It's like. No, you were running 95 to 105 miles a week, just silently going out and doing that. And and that's really, really cool. And I, I, I think it says a lot about just how dedicated you are to doing this because I've traveled for work before. Um, in my early like early career, I was traveling out there, like even when even within like 2022, when I was traveling for that startup and going up to up, like I wouldn't run. Yeah. I just get exhausted to like, but you managed to be able to run 95 to 105 miles a week in a time period where you're traveling a lot for work. Hell, the week before, um, the week before Columbus, you worked an entire expo at the, at the Chicago, at Chicago marathon. Yeah. Like that entire weekend, the week before 
a the week before Columbus Marathon. Yeah. And that, I think a lot of people would have just been like, uh, well, one, I'm exhausted. I don't think I'd be able to run that well. Or two, um, I care more about running. Fuck this. <laughs> uh, but you were able to maintain that balance. And that's really cool to see that. Um, and, and, and just want to say just props to you for that. Like, I've been meaning to tell you this on a run, but you haven't been running. You just got back to running again. Yeah. But like, that, no, like, seriously, that's been super, super cool to see. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, that, that's like here and there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so coming into 2023, at what point did you have that idea of, like, I want to win this marathon? So... Uh, honestly, basically as soon as I decided to run Buffalo, because a little context with Buffalo pre COVID, they had prize money. A lot, a lot of years the winning time was like two fifteen to low two twenties post COVID no more prize money, unless you get a course record. Yep. Last couple of years, winning time has typically been low two third, low to mid two thirties. Um, so I, I knew coming out of Columbus, I was like, I think I can get down to that two thirty five range. Um, and that would put me in, in position to contend for the win, unless, of course, some 220 guy shows up. Um, so I decided, you know what, let's go for it. It'd be cool if I can go back home and, and get a W. Um, so I decided to essentially take the same training plan I did for Columbus and alter it a little bit, change some of the workouts, um, and just up the mileage. Um, so for context there, Columbus I did is 18 weeks. Six weeks were 90 plus, three of those six were 100 plus. Um, Buffalo, another 18 week build, half of that was 90 plus, four of those were 100 plus weeks. So I'm a big mileage hog, um, just really up the mileage and kept everything else pretty, pretty much the same. Any peak, any days in that build where it just like clicked? I mean, I remember you. The first time I ever, I ever really got a chance to hang out with you was uh, us being boys for uh, probably 13.1. Yeah. And I just remember how pumped you were for for that. Yeah, so that was that was right at halfway, nine weeks in, and um, signed up to pace the women's 74-minute group. Was actually very nervous because all my workouts, they, they all went really well. I was doing workouts at around 520 pace. Um, but, that's not that far off your PR. Right. At, yeah. at the time, my PR was around 7340, mm-hmm. um, which is what played into me being a bit nervous. And, and, and the people in charge of the race were like, hey, we just want Pacers to go through at least 12K. Um, so I was like, all right, about seven and a half miles. But I was still like, can I go seven and a half miles in a non-race um, at like 540? And we take off. At Project 13, and we get through a lap, and I feel good. And we get through two laps, and I feel good. I'm like, all right, I'll do a third. Do a third lap, still feel good. Still got a few women with me. I'm like, let's just do the whole thing. Finish it running like 74.20 and felt like a tempo. And that's where I was like, that was the first run in that build where I was like, okay, I'm fit. Things are going well. Um, That was a great day. It was fun. Again, I, I 1755 <laughs> coming into college there. And yeah, I just remember you I, I so I didn't have that context until I started doing a little research okay, there. Yeah. Um 
I, I always thought he was like, oh, you're a 26-minute guy in college. That's basically what we got now. Uh, but yeah, I remember you being so pumped about that. It's yeah. like this felt that it's, if I had that context, like, oh, shit, this is like, there's just there's something here. Yeah. Uh, but like, yeah, so like, I just remember you being really pumped. Like, yeah, I felt like a job. Um, so coming out of that and coming into Buffalo, um, this fast forward over to, I guess, anything that stood out in the last couple of weeks or like peak workouts and then Buffalo itself. Oh, yes. Yes. I can tell you of three particular runs. One was um, just midweek workout, five by mile with like a minute rest and at threshold. And um, so I was shooting for like 520 to 525. And that's that's the type of workout like mile repeats just make me a little nervous, Mm -hmm. especially when they're kind of quicker like that. And I was like, if I can just go under 530, like that'll be a good workout. 523 on the first one. And then went to 517, 517, 18, and 16. And I was like, that was one of the best workouts I've ever run. And things only went up from there. Um, My last two big long run workouts were by far the best runs I've ever had. I did a 22-mile progression run um, where I averaged 607 and closed in like 540. And then the week after that did a 20-mile workout where I did two by eight miles at marathon effort and averaged 548 for the 16. And that's when I was like, okay, everything's coming together at the right time. And I'm, I'm ready to roll at Buffalo. I mean, I averaged that 20 mile run at like 559. And I was like, <laughs> that was my Columbus. <laughs> I just did that by myself in, in the long run. I was like, all right, we're, we're ready to go. Oh my God. I, that it's, it, that has to be just, you're all, you're over the moon. I mean, yeah, doing that amount of doing that amount of mileage now coming out of the cold season and now like, all right, it's time to line up. Let's. Uh, how did that race play out? Yeah. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> so I'm putting um, the headphones down. I'm gonna grab a beer because I, I I need to hear this. All right. Um, yeah. So I mean, I get morning of. I do my normal routine. Um, I do want to. I do want to give a little shout out. My my girlfriend Morgan, kind enough to come with me to a marathon and hang out, like on the streets of Buffalo for two and a half hours. Really big, like. It's that video. It, it's have you seen that, that TikTok or TikTok or that Instagram video of like the girlfriends like, be a marathon, be a marathon runner's girlfriend. Yeah. It's like, hey, yeah, yeah. She was she was a really good. Um, kind of anchor because I am so neurotic and will get myself into a sweat and a stomach ache if I'm by myself. So she was a good anchor to keep me calm. But um, morning up, I go through my normal routine. I warm up. I get into the crowd and I'm kind of scanning. I want to see who my competition is. And of course, I'm looking around. I'm like, all right, I don't see anyone. I think I got this. And almost immediately, I walk to the front and this guy. James Dickinson, give context. He ran at UB for at least a year. He's like a 66 half guy. And he's like, I look at his bib, two different color bibs for half and full, blue for full, red for half. Look at his bib, he's got a blue. And I'm like, it's gotta (laughs) be a joke, of course. (laughs) Immediately I start to settle for for a second. Um, He's like, oh, it's my first marathon. We're chatting it up. He's letting me know. He's like, I don't know what to expect. He just tells me he's going out quick. So I'm like, all right, let's see what happens. 
gun goes off. He takes off. He's he's gone basically like right off the bat. So I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna settle into my my pace and just see how things go. And um, about a few miles in, another marathoner comes up next to me. We start chatting. We're shooting for around the same thing, two thirty yeah. to two thirty five. So we run together. We got into a nice group of half marathoners and things are rolling well through six, seven miles, um, rolling around like low five fifties. I'm feeling good. Um, I will admit coming into coming through 10 K, we get a little excited. We had to run a few like five forty five. So I, I pull back, they separate a little bit. I get a little in my head. I'm like, Oh boy, like they're already they broke, pulling away. Yeah. yeah. They broke away. Like, am I, can I do this today? Yeah. I'm like, maybe today's just not my day, but I'm like, remind myself, I'm like, I'm feeling good. I think, I think things are going to go well. Nine, 10 miles in having a little bit of a gut thing. I'm like, please, God, don't make me stop porta potty breaks. So yeah. my dad's going to throw everything off. Fortunately, that does not happen. We get through around 12 miles. I'm rolling well. That's kind of when I get back into it mentally struggle a little bit. Like I was saying, miles like, eight through 11 um mile 12 is like a 545 on accident feeling good um so that's where i kind of get back into it i'm like all right we're approaching halfway another marathoner comes up on me he passes me now i'm sitting in fourth give a little context i'm in fourth place my friend james there nowhere to be seen second and third are just ahead of me but i'm feeling good we roll together into a pack through halfway. We come through half at around 7630. Uh guy in the crowd is like, first place is five minutes up on you guys. I'm like, all right, he's gonna bury us. He came through 223 pace around. I'm like, he's good. Yeah. And as we are rolling through downtown over halfway, um, I start to separate from the other two around mile 15. Um, which I was actually kind of sad about because I was like, I, it's too early for me to run by myself, yeah. but I'm like, this is what's got to happen. So I just keep chugging along, try to keep, you know, just one mile at a time. Cause there's still 10 miles to yeah. go. And I can hear third place just behind me forever. Mile after mile, <laughs> like he's just sitting on me. And I'm like, again, getting in my head a little bit. Yeah. Cause I'm flashing back to Columbus where I'm like, once I hit 20 miles, I'm going to, it's going to get really, really hard. Yeah. And, uh, and I keep thinking about something like this guy might kick me down in the last yeah. few miles and, and I might have to sell for third or, or even fourth. Um, but where it kind of changed for me in this race was around mile 19, we make a turn onto the street where there's like an announcer and he announces I'm coming around the street. He's like, we got to run on the street. A few seconds later, he say, we got another runner. And another, so I know they're still right behind me, but I'm still feeling really good. So I just, I just let my legs start going because we got about seven miles to go. And then I split a 540, another 540, another 540. And at that point I've got, is that mile 20? I got like four miles to go. Yeah. I've separated. I, I'm pretty confident I got second place locked in and I'm still feeling good. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, there's no way this is too good to be true. And at this point, people are starting to tell me, they're like, closing in on first like you're looking better than the first i'm like i don't think they know what they're talking about there's no way get through mile 23 still feeling good get through mile 24 now this is a long straightaway yeah um for a good mile and a half and i'm approaching mile 24 people are are yelling at me my little bike brigade are like cheering me on 
and people are again telling me like you're looking better than first place you're closing on him and i'm like i'm looking off in the distance on this straightaway and i'm like i think i see him up on the road there i'm like there's no way i come through mile 24 and that's where um everything just kind of like washes over me i honestly almost cry mid uh, mid race but late race because i just at that point that's where i realized i'm like i got second place locked up i feel incredible um and i'm just it's like a perfect day for running and so i i just cruise through the last couple miles feeling really great closing like a 540 come around the finish um 23405 just to get a little spoiler here at the end 23405 cross that line second place and um to find out that i finish within two minutes of the winner about a minute 50 behind him yeah james finished in 232 16 so that was a very very painful second half. he had yeah about an 81 <laughs> second half wow. um where i just cruised about a 77 30 second half third place 236 36 so you put two minutes on these the next guy and about the last 10k put two minutes on him and closed about three minutes on on james in the last 10k that's exciting yeah oh my god that was that was what really made the day for me was was realizing just how much damage I did in, in about six miles. It's it's funny how it, it well I, I I tribute you didn't do the steeple, but I tribute the marathon kind of the steeple. The first one is kind of like you have your kind of giraffe legs a little bit. And then the second time it's like still kinda of getting there, but it's just like you get a little taste of like you could feel good at twenty two to twenty six. Yeah. With the kind of mileage you're doing, you should because you have the time on feet. Right, but, but it but it's it's a different story. But like, there's so many different variables that come with the marathon. It's just like, well, exactly, and that's that's something that sat in the back of my head because I was just like, maybe my first marathon was like, kind of just a one off, yeah, like, flash in the pan. Yeah, like. flash in the pan. I could totally blow up and run two fifty today, and so I running that two thirty four really solidified. Like, okay, I'm a marathoner. Like yeah. I can, I can run the marathon. I know how to do this now. Um, so it was a really, really big day. Oh, that's, <laughs> yeah. We were all super pumped to see that. I mean, are we surprised here? No, <laughs> with how you've been running and, and then seeing the contents of how much mileage you've been doing, but like not surprised at all. Um, super, super regardless, excited to see how you did. Um, also, Makes me feel a little bit better to hear that that was a 66 guy because it's like, oh, he's going to be really disappointed that he got second because he was trying to win. And it's like, oh, never mind. No, that's a 66 guy. Exactly. <laughs> he didn't plan for that. No, I was very, I was very excited to, to finish as close to him yeah. as I did, given how, I mean, yeah, he's he's a really talented runner. And I will give kudos to him for, I mean, I looked at his Strava splits and the guy fought that last 10 yeah. day hang on so you know what happened i mean i had a guy that i i, I did a I, I did boston with was like a 68 guy and he ended up running i think 240s especially when the second half of boston was tough and it, yeah. and, and it will happen like i've i've had thankfully not had the marathon bite as bad as other people have but I've, I've been bit and it's not it's i mean it doesn't matter how talented you are like i've seen i've seen many of guys that are like a ton more talented have that run slower than me because they got bit and it's, yeah. it happens it happens to everybody uh but it didn't happen to you <laughs> fortunately yeah uh, <laughs> I'm 
So what's what's next for you? Um, so definitely another marathon in the fall. I I realize I'm half marathon. Marathon is my best distance. I love it. I love training for it. Um, so right now I'm deciding between Philly or CIM. I realize CIM is a more competitive Come race. With the boys. I, 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 <laughs> I know, and that's that's a big that's a big factor for me. But there's we'll see we'll see but there will definitely be a fall marathon um and i can say for sure the goal will be breaking 230 that's that's for sure i'm just gonna say we'll show you the airbnb we're thinking about staying in i think you'll change your mind all right all right (laughs) you show me i'm trying to bring uh jonathan allen out too oh yeah Yeah, i'm trying to get him to do it (laughs) i i'm hopefully i convinced him this past weekend uh that's super that's super exciting i I would say that's probably what we think you can do Uh, yeah uh what do you mean? Probably me and, and probably some of the guys. Like you, you, I mean, it's yeah, you've been on it, and I think at this point, I mean, you're a year, year and a half now, or I think yeah, I think a year in in Columbus, right? Yeah, going yeah, a little over a year. Yeah, so February. like now you've yeah. gotten settled into kind of a schedule, so like it makes it a little bit easier. Yeah, for um, sure. So I want to end this little segment before we finish off the podcast and the fun parts. Um, I want to finish this little segment here with a quick retrospective kind of section here. What would you give, what would be your biggest piece of advice to somebody um, that has moved from like, I guess, finding their way through this, like kind of like this crazy sport? Um, I'd, I'd say it's, it's really, when it comes specifically to training, the big thing is is just consistent, healthy mileage, regardless of whether that's 30 miles a week or 130 miles a week. Um, if you can string healthy training together, you'll see a lot of improvement. But beyond just training, if you can find a good group of people to run with and talk shop with and, and help keep it fun, because um, it's still a balance for me between keeping it fun and taking it a little too seriously um, I found I am better at keeping it fun, but I, I do waver into that. It's a little, it's a little too intense sometimes. Um, but it's really only worth doing if it's fun. And so it, the biggest factor I found is to see, yeah, having guys, guys around me to, to train with and, and talk with and hang out with. Yeah. I think what I Googled your name here, I think your Twitter bio says something about running alone. <laughs> Honestly, I don't even remember. I think it was like Rush Solo. And I was just like, oh, oh, shit. Like, that makes sense. You run a lot all the time. I and, I, and I checked your, your, your bio now, and it's like, run enthusiast. I was like, oh, this chance changed. <laughs> I will say, I have not used Twitter in years, so I have no idea what it says, to be honest. Oh. <laughs> all right. So <clears throat> we come to the part of the show where we start getting some fun questions, fun questions from the listeners and fun questions from the uh, other podcasts. I forgot about questions. Yeah, so uh, we will clear out this pod. I know we did sours, but we're going to do one IPA here. Okay. Uh, we're going to have my favorite IPA in the world. I only have a couple left uh, because I'm going to finish them off before they go bad. This is, and we've had it multiple times. You guys know it. You guys love it. Or if you haven't had it, you should have it. You should seek it out. It is Bissell Brothers Swish. Uh, it's a... Is it a double IPA? I don't think there's any kind of. It's a it's it's an ale, an eight percent 
alcohol by volume, Ooh. and it is a pint. All it right. is beautiful. It is tasty. Fill it me is, up. Uh, let's turn that glass there. And I love this beer so much. I, for some reason, um, and I, and I think and I think it's the the good people at Bristol Brothers. They seem to always make a batch of swish the same weekend that I go out to Boston. So I'll carry about nine to ten four packs back to Boston on the train because you know there's no rules when you go on the train. <laughs> so <many. laughs> yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot this year. A lot of beer. Um, so start off with some of this fun stuff here, uh, and let's cheers it. Let's try this beer yes. out. I like it. That's good There's stuff. No bite to it. Yeah, no. It's, yeah, um, it's smooth. So the first question I have here is the question I ask for everybody: um, If you could have one, what's your favorite beer? And two, if you could have any beer all the time, what would it be? Those are two big different questions there. That that's actually that's tough. I'll be honest. I love beer, but like I'm so unfamiliar with it. Yeah. Uh, so my favorite, I will say my favorite type is a, a good sour. Yeah. Um, and that's what, that's always my go-to. If there's a sour while I'm out, yeah, immediately I get that. Yeah. Well, what's your favorite sour then? What's so, your, is there, is there a beer that you're just like, oh my God, I'd love this beer. It doesn't matter what it is. That, well, that's my problem is I don't remember the names of a single beer I've had. Okay. But a good, just fruity sour. That's, that's, that's what I love the most. Yeah. And now a beer that you can have all the time. Pretty sorry. The first time. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'll throw another wrench into it. What's a shit beer that, that you're not proud of that you enjoy? Or uh, a beer you're not proud of that you enjoy? I I don't know that it's a shit beer, but I do get some hate for it from sometimes as a, a Corona. Some yeah, Corona's good, but some people are like, really, you're drinking Corona? I'm a Modelo, I'm a Modelo guy. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um. All right, something that I looked at, and uh, I don't know how I found this, but when I was searching your name, for some reason, a segment came here, a segment came up, and it's a little Delaware run segment in Buffalo, New York. Uh, you're currently number number seven uh, on this segment. Um, it is the Hoyt Lake uh, Loop. It's a 1.09-mile loop. Oh, yes. Uh, Classic uh, loop. You know what's really crazy? The guy that's number two, Dylan Laurie, I actually... You you know Dylan? Yeah, I know Dylan. <laughs> he, he ran. He was he, he ran quite a bit in the Buffalo scene for like a year before he moved to Carolina. I met him at uh, at Nashville when I ran the oh, yeah? City Carnival. We yeah. stayed together that weekend. Together. That dude's a monster. He's been on. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He, he uh, my yeah. God, following him has been great. Line. I think he has a Vishla too, like a, the dog, the really cool dog. I think so. Yeah, yeah. he's got yeah. a Vishla. I think he's he's engaged or, ha- or married or. I think he's engaged. Yeah, now, engaged. Yeah. Uh, he's running well. I think he just ran 402 in the mile. Man, I, <laughs> he's, a monster. he's a guy that I'm just like, I, I saw that together. I was like, do you know this man? So that was one thing that I pulled up here. <laughs> um, and then we get to the, the, the fun stuff. Um, good guy, Jamie Errett, uh, asked, how do I grow a stunning mustache like him? Ah, oh, God, you know, I wish I could share the secret. It's all genetics, baby. <laughs> I was gifted with this. Uh, I've had, I've had a nice, a nice, face of facial hair since i was about 15 so i don't know what to tell you meanwhile, keep me, on trying i guess just push a little harder meanwhile this guy didn't grow facial hair until 2030 <laughs> yeah. uh, it's you know you're, you're young enough you got time <laughs> uh 
Isaac RJ, Isaac RJ asked, what is Josh's favorite kind of cereal? Oh, Frosted Flakes. Absolutely Frosted Flakes. Just regular Frosted Flakes? Regular Frosted Flakes. And I will say, and I, again, a lot of hate for this, no milk. Dry Frosted Flakes. All right. Keeps the frosting on. Keeps it a good crunch. Gets too soggy. Yeah, you got you got to eat it pretty quickly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, soggy Frosted Flakes. I so I just go, I go in dry. Oh, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> um, now we get to the, uh, I, I did not look at my group chat. And I'm very, very worried about what we're going to have. Um, so this is going to be kind of rapid fire. Okay. Ish. Uh, what do you think about the glitter industry? The glitter industry? Yes. Love it. Love it. What's the best big cat? The best, uh, a puma. All right. If you had to turn one unhealthy thing healthy, what would you choose and why? Mac and cheese, because it is uh, God's gift to people. I'll give you a cheers to that. Yeah. I had the best mac and cheese I've ever had in Albion, New York. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, my God. Where for, at? for Burks' wedding. Yeah. yeah. And catered. Oh, I, okay. I, I, like, it's, it's a restaurant there. Yeah. And I'll figure out what it is, but I, I, yeah, I it, it has restructured the, like, the, the, what I judge mac and cheese on. Good. Good. It's yes. It's, it's the best food. <laughs> There's also really good, uh, uh, I think it's like mile three three six or something like that. There's a, a really good um, fuck. What is it called? What is it called? Uh, cocktail bar there. Mm-hmm. Amazing people. I met some amazing amazing group when I was out there. Mm-hmm. Like I just happened to go the night before the wedding. I didn't have anybody to talk to, and then going to this place. It was the coolest place. Nice. Awesome people that I met, and like we just had meat. There's a there was an old meadery there. That was really good. Sick. I'll still you know. <laughs> I got you covered. The people there were fucking amazing. Um, if you could only eat potatoes for the rest of your life, what are the top two ways you would eat them? French fries, mashed. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Without any hesitation, there. What is the best word in the English language? Oof. Oof. Uh, uh, God. Um, um, uh. That's a lot of words. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go with, I'll go with, I'll go with, uh, delicious. All right. That's a tough one. Would you rather lose your thumbs or your big toes? Big toes. Would you rather have hot dogs for toes or popsicle stick fingernails? But every time the popsicle sticks break, they grow back longer. Hot dogs for toes. What's the best song by Jimmy World? You know, I, I, I got to admit, I, I don't know a lot of their songs, and I'm terrible at song names in general, so I cannot answer that one. I will. Uh, wait. Here, 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 here. Uh, let's see, let's see. Because uh, the, only, the only album that, that matters for Jimmy World is, uh, is Bleed American. This is the uh, this is songs on here on that album. Um, Ooh. You know, I won't recognize them out hearing them, but uh, I'll 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 go with um the authority song. Love the vibe of that. All so. right, he's gonna go with that. <laughs> uh, what's the best song by Creed? God damn. God, yeah. You can't do song questions. I'm terrible with song names. Yeah, yeah. No, so that's that's those the shit questions that I got here. Ah, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, sorry to disappoint. The <laughs> final question that I have for you. It's the most question that I ask everybody on the podcast is and I wait nervous how many shirts 
in what context <laughs> that we wear at one time or this owning shirts shirts i'm gonna say 15 15 15 shirts all right that feels that. that feels all right all right and my soul Okay. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, so I, I, again, this is this is a fucking blast. Um, actually, I don't. I think this is probably the least amount that I've actually cursed on a podcast. So I'm actually very proud of myself. Look at us. Uh, yeah. Look, look at, at us. us. Who would have thought? Yeah. You get beer sponsorship. Yeah. Now. Yeah. 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 Who would have thought? Yeah. Uh, where can they follow you? Where can they find you? Instagram at it's Bahuniak. B E H U N I A K. That's about it. Awesome. And uh, Strava? Strava, yes. Uh, just my name, Josh Bahuniak. Same spelling as. Uh, really low key. A very, very good follow. It's a very, very like. He, he, every shit post is like the rest of us. So. Yeah, I got, I got some good occasional tasteful shit posting. Um, and then just lots of miles. So. Yeah. Uh, well, quick, quick sidebar. What was your favorite part about the room? We okay, oh. okay. Quick, quick, uh, quick context here. Um, Mr. Alexander Burks and uh, Andrew Whitland, uh, they 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 enjoy the the room. They found out that we had never watched the room. This is post Berg Project thirteen point one. We had a bottle share and watched the room and a disaster artist back to back. They watched this both. I like uh, they bought they watched it. I don't know if they watched it to watch the room again or to watch our reactions, but they did both. So I ask you, what is your favorite part of the room? Absolutely the audacity to put three sex scenes in the first 20 minutes. And not only that, but repeat some of the exact frames from the first sex scene. It was insane. It was one of the most incredible films I've ever seen. And if you've never seen it, I highly encourage it's 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 an amazing watch and you need to watch it with friends yes or yes. your parents because yes. even better dad watched it with yeah. incredible yeah. yeah that was such a ride oh my gosh one of the most fun nights i've ever had uh, well you it's been a pleasure having you here um dude this has been a lot of fun yeah right? thanks uh, for having me man. My name is Chris again, uh, Beards and Miles. You can follow me at Beards and Miles. You can follow me on Instagram at Beards and Miles if you want to play some video games. I'm apparently playing Fortnite now. Um, uh, it's uh, at XCCRIS. I am on the Xboxes. Um, I'm not going to get the new one because I don't want to pay money to get something new if I can play it on the old. And uh, yeah, you can follow me on that. Yeah, uh, do that. Uh, actually, you can follow me on my, my, my Twitter now at this point. Uh, at XCCRIS. Um, I've been, I've been, I was the main character of Twitter for a second for being an asshole and being a hater. But, like, you know what? If you listen to this long enough, you don't understand that first and foremost, we are haters here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we've enjoyed having you here. Um, we've enjoyed having you beer. And uh, we'll see you later. Uh, until next time. Cheers. Thanks.